Welcome to the Fanatical Elves Show, part of the Elves Network. We are a bunch of wild and crazy Cleveland Browns fans, bringing you all the latest in Browns news. Tune in now. And welcome to another episode of the Fanatical Elves Show. I'm your host tonight, John Suchin. I'm along with our contributor here at the Fanatical Elves Network, Elliot, the Village Elliot. There, welcome, Elliot. And we also have our contributor, our young contributor, Sam, all the way from down there uh, in Texas. Yeah, welcome. all the way in Arlington. Arlington. <laughs> Sam, we'll start with you. How how hot is it in Arlington today? Uh, today it said it was like 108. It's very hot. It's really hot, but it's gonna be. I think there's like three days out of the next weekish that's not 100 degrees. So you haven't melted hot. yet. No, I'm still I'm still intact right now, thankfully. That's unbelievable. Bless yeah. your soul. Bless your soul. <laughs> Elliot, how are you tonight? Is it 108 where you're at? No, it's pretty hot though. Uh, you know, uh, in Dayton, we, we've got some uh, appreciably warm weather, but uh, I like it. Yes, you know, I used well, to be a baseball player, and we like this kind of stuff. Really, you, you really uh, like 100 degrees? I'll draw the line. That that was tough to play in. <laughs> I don't know how you know, football players do it in summer camp. I don't know how that's possible. Oh, I just yeah, I know. I was telling Sam, I think on a previous show that he had about how I was dealing with the heat when I lived in Wichita, Kansas. And we had a summer where it was, we had 53 straight days of over a hundred, which I think Sam, you've said that's pretty typical where you're that's at. That's normal in. here. Yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking too, Elliot, about like the baseball stuff, you know, like in Wichita, they had the old uh, arrows um, stadium down there or the Wichita arrows used to play. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and they were, they had that artificial turf. And I always wondered, oh. you know, in the middle of the summer on that hard artificial turf and the, the bright light, you know, how hot it must have been down there for those guys. So, yeah, I've heard stories about that where the turf gets to be like a 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, you know, the I, air around your body is not that hot, but the turf itself yeah. absorbs heat. It's just really. A, well, it's I almost like it. the pools, too. Like, you know, the swimming pool areas, Sam, I know you probably deal with this in Arlington. If you go swimming around there, I know. In Wichita, we'd go swimming in the the public pools that you couldn't walk on the concrete. Yeah, <laughs> you'd have to run. <laughs> so. You know, somebody needs to hire me to help fix this kind of stuff. What they need to do is to invent some spectrally selective plastics that can uh, reject the uh, you know not absorb uh, heat yeah. and allow infrared radiation to. Uh, radiate efficiently. That's what they need to do. Reflect optical right. and uh, radiate infrared. This is a simple problem. Give me a contract. I'll gin up something for you. Oh, I'm not going to pretend to know what that means. <laughs> well, Sam, <laughs> I wanted to bring up, just talk real briefly and share out again to those that are listening, because Sam has been on some of our shows in the past, and he's also invited us 
to some of his shows. He has his own podcast, which is called um, the Browns. Browns, Browns Breakdowns. Browns Breakdown. And he is an amazing podcaster, mm. rising uh, quickly. Um, and you know your stuff, Sam. And we love that. Yeah. I, we, we hear it. And uh, uh, Elliot and I are thoroughly impressed, along with the rest of the gang here at the Fanatical Elves Network. And we've talked to Sam about doing some additional shows for us here on our network. And I know we are, we want to attract some of those younger Browns fans. So I think that you could help a lot with that. And I also know that you're writing a little bit now for Cleveland sports talk. Is that, yeah. is that correct? Yeah. I have an article. I think that just came out yesterday. Wonderful. Okay. It was, Everybody it was yesterday read it. or Tuesday that it came out on. What was it um, called? It was July 12th. So it was yesterday. It was um, the the Browns receiving core is great, but how great? Okay. okay so everybody go on Twitter great. and really criticize it. Yeah. So I was <laughs> yeah, listening. You don't even the, have to read the article; just criticize by the title. That's what I was just does. listing off all the um, <laughs> the receivers and how it's not exactly supposed to be a dig on anything. It's supposed to be they're great, but how great are they? Right. And, and so, I guess the, the Sam, I guess the question I will we'll just lead with that because I know there have been some personalities in Cleveland uh, the last couple of days that have been critical of the what the Browns' plan is beyond, let's say, um, Amari Cooper. Uh, if he goes down, then who do we have as wide receiver? But how would you answer that question? Um, I think the core is deep enough to withstand any injuries. I think. Obviously, we had uh, who did we sign? Marquise Goodwin, wasn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. So he's he's sitting there at the five, uh, mm -hmm. and so I think I think if someone goes down, it'll give Tillman a little bit more of a chance to to uh, have a bigger role as well. But yeah. hopefully, no one gets injured. Obviously. Well, let me ask you this: a follow up to that, and Elliot, if you want to jump in on this this question too, um, with. DPJ, there's been some mm -hmm. conversation the last few days because we're a little dry on, on news stories here in Cleveland or across the NFL. But, you know, DPJ is going into his final year of his contract. He's increased his numbers. We, You and I talked about that, Sam, a couple weeks ago every year. And so the question now becomes, you know, I, there was a, an article recently talking about DPJ being a bust uh, predicting that he would be a bust this year. And so do the Browns pursue, pursue him, right? Um, or, or, or is he going to be a bust like this personality who wrote a random article? Just He suggested it because his reasoning was because the other, because of you just mentioned, like C Cedric Tillman, uh, they just drafted him. They brought in Marquise Goodwin. And there's only one football, and his numbers aren't going to be as they were in the past. So let's let's start with you, Sam. What do you think about DPJ? And then Elliot, I'd like you to expand on that. I think DPJ um, should. I think we're gonna re-sign him. Obviously, wide receivers <coughs> are getting paid a little bit more now. Um, I mean, Tyree Kill, Devontae mm -hmm. Adams, all these people are starting to really get paid. A lot yeah. of money. Obviously, we're going to have Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is still on his rookie deal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And so he's going to be getting paid some big bucks. Mm -hmm. And Donovan Peoples-Jones could be a number one on 10 teams. I mean, Panthers, okay. Saints, Bucks, all three of those. would. That's just three I could think of. He could reunite with um, Baker Mayfield. 
Yeah, let's hope he doesn't, but I want him to stay here. But I think I think the Browns should pursue him as someone to resign because if he played great last year. Um, he obviously the two quarterback thing kind of messed up the stats a little, but I think it's definitely someone we're going to want to keep because he's young and he's I think he's got a pretty bright future. I like that take. I really do. Elliot, what do you think? Yeah, let me ask a really stupid question. Do you guys remember in 2020, our number one receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., went down and the uh, opposing defenses completely shut down the Browns' passing, or passing attack? Do you remember that? Do you yes. remember that? No, you don't, because no. it did not happen. It okay. did not happen that way. Odell Beckham Jr. went down and the passing output, you know, the receiving output. I thought you were trying to confuse me there, Elliot. I think you are confused because that did not happen. They started catching balls left and right. and They did. Receivers got I thought that was a trick question, man. It is a trick question because it's foolishness. That, That did not happen. What happened also, by the way, is that the uh, you know the number one receiver is not determined by the offense. It's determined by who the defense elects to cover with their best cornerback. And the, yeah. the uh, opposing defenses did not elect to cover Jarvis Landry with their best corner. They yeah. elected to cover who? Okay, you've got one guess. It um, was Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's the guy that they were scared of. And uh, despite the fact that they were covering Donovan Peoples-Jones with their number one cornerback, the Browns' offense shifted into high gear. They Rashard did. Higgins came through and did a pretty mm-hmm. good job. Rashard Higgins was not the number one receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Okay, right. I'm a fan of Rashard Higgins, right. but he was not the number one receiver. Jarvis Landry was not the number one receiver. It was Donovan Peoples-Jones, and he did fine. Yes. He was, you know, he was, you know, actually not quite as uh, prolific in the number one role uh, as he was in the number two role, understandably, right. because he's going up against tougher competition. But he did just fine, and the Browns made the playoffs that year. The defense yes. yeah. did not shut them down just because Donovan Peoples-Jones became the number one wide receiver. The Browns actually have very good depth on the team as it's mm-hmm. presently constituted. I do not think that there will be a great problem. Now, obviously, you don't lose a great player, a Pro Bowl caliber player, and have zero effect uh, when that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to look at who is going to be the number two wide receiver, who's going to be the number three guy, who's going to be the number four guy. It, there's repercussions all the way down the lineup. But the Browns are going to be in a good situation. They really do have depth at the uh, two, three, four, five, six, and maybe even seven position. They can keep on throwing people out there who are competent NFL yes. receivers. So I think all this stuff is well and good. Okay, we don't like Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's from Michigan. We don't think he can play good this year. Why is he going to be bad this year? What's wrong yeah. with him this year? Does right. he have an injury? Or is he is he on drugs? Right. Or why well, is he going to fall off this year? He doesn't well, like John Watson. What's well, wrong with Donovan Peoples Jones? Okay. I mean, this guy's take. Go. This guy, no, this guy's take. I mean, in this article that, and, and I'm not sure. I think it, which 
periodical came well, from. But a lot he, of people that have complained about diving. People they basically say that he'll he's going to be a bust. Oh, I do too. I do too. I'm I'm just saying they're they're saying he's he'll be a bust because his numbers aren't going to be as much. Well, they might not be as much. I think he got to what 800 yards. Um, maybe uh, maybe he maybe he's plus 500 or 600 let's say i don't know but that's not the, the the idea that he's a bus is just crazy and uh i read that headline i'm like what so yeah um anyway so let's let's move on a little let's move on to this next um topic i wrote an article and you know because i like people to read the titles of the articles and it was that's uh, all i read i don't read right it was called job security is it playoff or bus for stefanski to like to keep his job so um, I got uh, I got a, a email from our colleague Joel, uh, the left guard, who who asked me if I, I if, if I hate Kevin Stefanski, and so that's I think the title of our podcast tonight. Do I hate, or no? That's one for me for tomorrow for my Johnny Cleveland podcast. Anyway, um, let's start with you, Elliot, first, and then go to you, Sam, second. Okay, Elliot, what do you think about Stefanski? I know we've talked about it. Okay. And well, it, is, is the question does John hate Stefanski, or is the question the, the, is Stefanski going to keep his job? Yes, the, the first, the, the latter, the second part there about Stefanski. Yeah, um, well, yeah, John obviously does hate Stefanski. Yes, obviously. I mean, that you can tell that just from the title of the article. But uh, no, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the NFL. Let, let me, you know, I came up with a uh, really fine examples. Let's go back to um, a guy that's been nominated or uh, made it to the semifinals for the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. Yes. Uh, Coach Marty Schottenheimer mm. uh, took the San Diego Chargers in 2006, I believe, led them to a 14-2 and uh, record. Yes. Now, after I think they were like, I don't know what, they had like nine wins the previous year or something like okay. that. And okay. so what do you think his reward was for going 14 and two? Can you, anybody remember, Sam, do you, have you read that in your history books? No. <laughs> what do you think happens to a guy for going, you know, he's a great coach in Cleveland. I'm, I'm guessing he got Kansas fired. City. He got fired. Yes, absolutely. He got fired. Why did he get fired? Well, it's because he played uh, the New England Patriots in the playoffs mm-hmm. and Tom Brady pulled a miracle out of an orifice of his body. And uh, he actually, what he did, what Brady did, actually did was he threw an interception in the fourth quarter. I'm, I'm not kidding. This is, yeah. this is a great play. Okay. Yeah. He threw an interception, but Troy Brown saved him because Brown, after he throws the interception, yeah. Brown strips the ball oh. from the, the defensive player yes. and causes a fumble. And gets you the ball back. Get the ball back. Oh so my gosh! That was Brady's clutch play is that he threw an interception. Now, how long had Brown how long? Ball back. So they got yeah. a they get a field goal with one minute left, and then uh, San Diego had one more chance to kick a fifty-four yard field goal with three seconds left, and oh it gosh. was short. Oh my gosh! So what do you do in that situation? Right. Well, fire the coach. Obviously, it's the coach's fault. Right. <laughs> Right. It's how long had Marty been coached there? A couple of years, right? I mean, uh, he had, yeah, a couple of years. I, I want to, I so you improve five or six, 14 but, and two, and you get fired. Now that's, you know, you know, that's pretty improvement go 14 and two. Hmm. And then, you know, Brady works his Brady magic wins the game by throwing an interception. 
Well, let me yeah. ask you this part yeah. of the question because well, I brought you, you this. You never know what's going to happen, Elliot. I, I brought this. Think, yeah, I don't think that uh, Kevin Stefanski is on the hot seat per se. Okay, but I think that all you know, I've said this before that I think that uh, there's a magic number uh, for all coaches. You know, it's not necessarily well defined, but you cannot have carte blanche to lose uh, unlimited number of games in the NFL. There comes a point mm-hmm. where all coaches will be let go, including Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, well, it, I guess that, it, that... it depends on the size of the disaster. The, yes. Um, patience of the ownership. I think we should talk about who is well, actually that, going to make the call. Well, that's what who, I was going to get. That was Elliot. The, I mean, uh, that's what I was getting at Elliot. That's what I mean. That's part of my conversation in the article I wrote was about those other players, about who's making that decision. And I briefly yeah, I touched hope it's on not the players. I hope it's ownership. <laughs> I talked about the owners and the unusual part of this is to me is that, you know, we've talked about the owners uh, Jimmy and D Haslam and their D decision. And Haslam, I think it's yeah. e D will and make Jimmy. the final decision. Right. D actually is the the uh, CEO of Haslam Sports, and I okay. don't think it's a fictitious title. No. Okay. I think that so they let's decided say among themselves that uh, she is the more rational, the less well, emotional of the two. So do you think he has the final say? So yeah, and she likes Stefanski now. Now, Jimmy yeah. is very volatile, and he might wake up one morning and say, man, I'm going to fire the coach. I'm going to fire okay, the but, you know, but Elliot, with, with but he uh, is not going to do that. He's going to say, Jim, settle down, calm down. Uh, you need my signature to fire somebody, and I'm not signing the paperwork. And let me ask you this part, though. Say so. We talked about this the last episode, that the fact that D and Jimmy – held on to Hugh Jackson. Um, no, no, that was at that time. Okay. Jimmy had final says they had not made that decision. Uh, that was Jimmy's call. And that was, that was something that D absolutely went in and, and changed is no, we're not having offensive coordinators with more authority than the coach. Uh-huh. We're going to know who works for who we're going to have a chain of command, like in the military, Okay, And uh, we're going to know who it is that everybody reports to, and we're not going to change uh, lines of authority uh, in midstream. Okay. And uh, it's going to be clear to all uh, what their role is, what their assignment is. That's, okay. that's, she overhauled the front office. That was not okay. uh, Jimmy who so, did that. All right. So let me just jump over to Sam real quick here. Sam, um, Elliot's given us a lot of, detail here and and i i think good good information as far as how the you know how it would work as far as a decision what are you thinking as far as like there is a number like elliot is saying um do you think what do you think that number is do you think there's like in the article i wrote about playoffs or bust basically i'm suggesting that is it is that the bar that we're setting that the browns need to make the playoffs if they don't again they finish under 500 like they had the last two seasons, does that mean that Stefanski's still safe? Sam, what do you, what do you think? I, I think, um, I think Stefanski is definitely a playoff or bust kind of thing right now. I mean, the team's so, um, it's like just so filled up now. I mean, the defensive, the, the D tackle room was fixed with Alvin Thomas and fixed. We still need mm-hmm. like one more guy. Um, 
but the whole defensive line, Zadarius Smith now, obviously. Um, Amari, DPJ had a breakout season. Njoku was great. We have mm-hmm. Cedric Tillman. Um, I've seen multiple. Uh, I think uh, PFF, obviously PFF hasn't had the best takes ever, but they had us as like the <laughs> second best um, offensive line. Uh, I was okay. listening to the radio today, and they said the Browns were like top five in offensive line. Um, so the offensive line is really good. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think think we were fifth place. So the offensive line is great. Um, it really all hinges on Watson because, um, obviously he had a, a a bad season last week, um, Mm -hmm. last year, statistics wise, he didn't have a good chance, um, to have a good season, but I think it really all hinges on Watson. I think if, uh, seven wins, he's gone eight wins. It's kind of a coin toss nine wins. I would say. 75% 75% chance he stays and mm-hmm. 10 plus is probably one more season. Yeah. I, and, and I think Elliot, we've all talked about this too many times that that first four game stretch and having the buy so early in the season, um, everyone is gearing up for that first four games of the season. We play all three teams in the, in the division. And I mean, the, it's going to be magnified. I just sense, I mean, it's going to be the end the summer and, you know, getting that uh, maybe a home win, hopefully against the Cincinnati Bengals, who we've had success under Stefanski. That he's five and one against them, um, as you know, since he's uh, come into the league in 2020. So, I think, yeah, I, I'm projecting that the Browns will make the playoffs. Um, and the article that I wrote didn't necessarily say that he would be fired. I just basically just said, what is the bar? What is there a bar? And I, I think Sam, I like your, your numbers there. I think that makes some sense. Ellie, what do you think about that? What do you think of those numbers? Do you think there's more risk if he doesn't get to that seven wins or, or do you think if he wins six games that he's still safe? I think it depends on uh, why you only won six games. If, uh, if there's an injury, let's hope that there's, not yeah, yeah an injury, not knock if, on wood here. <laughs> if for some reason, if for some reason Deshaun Watson and Miles Garrett are not available, um, and Drink the team Coke, goes uh, six uh, six wins, that's different than if they are available and they have uh, six wins. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to evaluate the circumstances. Uh, it, it's um, if it's a team that uh, plays up to its potential and the potential is six wins, I think probably, yeah, he would. Okay. But I, I, okay. Sometimes there's extenuating circumstances, but I don't don't think that D is a kind of person that will uh, pull the plug. I think what would ultimately uh, decide the fate of, uh, of Barry and Stefanski is if they reach the point, where they can no longer uh, fund the current group of people. Mm. And I'm not sure if it's 2015 or 2016, but eventually the uh, salary cap games are going to come to an end and they're going to have to start cutting players. But there's no cap. Come on now, Randy, our our, our editor-in-chief says. I know, there's no no salary cap. Well, why are the Browns getting all these players on the cheap if there are no salary cap? (laughs) Only for other teams have salary cap. But someday... the Browns will find that there is a salary cap and they will have to make salary cap cuts just like every other team in the NFL. 
We are going to take a quick break, guys. We're going to go um, pay the bills here for the Fanatical Elves show, and we will be right back. Okay, we are back on the Fanatical Elves show, and we've been discussing uh, up till now a little bit about Stefanski and if, if his job is safe. We're going to transition a little bit to some of the players in the, in, on our team, some of our highlighted players like Sean Watson, like Nick Chubb, like Coach Stefanski, like Miles Garrett. And I want to get just a brief take on if you think that these players, where they rank in the NFL, if you were, if uh, my question is. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask yes. you a question. Yes. Totally question. Let's suppose that the Browns did win six games. Okay. Okay. Do you think that players like Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb, you know, these Hall of Fame trajectory players would stay with the Cleveland Browns or would they ask to be traded? Again, I think it goes back, Elliot, to your thought earlier before the break that you have to look at the circumstances Mm. leading into that six games. If Watson, for example, you know, gets hurt um, and that has a bearing on what happens, I think, I mean, personally, I think um, I th- if that were to if if projecting not knowing any of the circumstances, I'm going to guess that Nick Chubb would stay. Um, but I but I, he would want to stay. But I don't know if the Browns would want to keep him around. Right. Doesn't he come? He could get that extension anytime between now. And he isn't he a free I think, agent. I think I think those players uh, would be gone. And I think that. Yeah there would be no sensible path to the playoffs without Chubb and without Garrett. So the Browns think, no, better no, win. Winning win. is very, very important. <laughs> well, let me go. Sam, let's start with you on this question about Deshaun Watson. Top 10 quarterback in the NFL, yes or no? Uh, I think no, but I think he's really close. Okay. Uh, Elliot, what do you think? Top 10 or not? Yeah, I think I agree with Sam. He's right around number 10. Uh, there's enough uncertainty in that estimate. It could go either way. Okay, Nick Chubb. L.A., what do you think? Top 10? Uh, top, top five? One, top one. One, yeah. Yes. One. A little too low. Number, number one. one. Yeah, number one. I think yes. Nick, Nick Chubb is fabulous. And uh, uh, I the main concern that I have about Nick Chubb is I don't think they throw him the ball enough. Can I ask you this question, Elliot? Let me throw this out at you. And Sam, if you want to jump in too, we're talking about Nick Chubb, but there's a free agent out there. And maybe we've talked about this in other shows. We don't necessarily need to go out and get another free agent. But Delvin Cook um, is still out there from the Minnesota. used to play for the the Vikings. Very uh, veteran Hmm. guy, has caught a lot of passes. When I look at his um, statistics, it reminds me of looking at somebody like Kareem Hunt. But – Delvin Cook was a lot better running back. Oh, yeah. Um, so he's available. He's out there. And I just, uh, you know, people talk about Ezekiel Elliott, but there's Delvin Cook out there. And I just, I'm wondering if, who, you know, would that, the Browns even consider that or have they considered that? What do you think there, um, Elliott? And, and Sam, you too. I want to hear your take. I, I think that uh, Delvin Cook is – worth a multi-year contract and that he mm-hmm. may be out of the Browns price range. Okay. But you would never uh, say no to a player like that. I think, you know, what, what kind of makes me want to toss my cookies is that if you throw the name of any wide receiver out there, the 
the Twitter responses, oh yeah, we got to go sign this guy. Yeah. You know, if he costs $50 million a year or whatever, oh yeah, let's go. We'll cut, you know, Miles Garrett or whatever so we can afford him. Yeah, let's get rid of defensive players. Let's sign a wide receiver. We need one DeAndre more. DeAndre Hopkins. Receiver. That's right. We need DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, well, no. you know, I, I, I do think DeAndre Hopkins might sign with the Browns, as a matter of fact. He's going, to, be, yes. he's going to sign with some NFL team. And the fact of the matter is all NFL teams have, you know, starting wide receivers already. But he will sign with an NFL team, and I think the Browns are probably the uh, best match. But anyway, uh, the uh, but, but the point is that you also have uh, a running backs room, and mm-hmm. a lot of the running backs rooms are thin. You know, like you have one running back that you're sure of, and mm-hmm. then two or three other guys that, that yeah. you're not very sure of at all. Sure. You know, like, like, you know, my Twitter traffic, everybody really reamed me for saying that, look, our best guy for running back two had 12 yards from scrimmage last year. And we are filled with confidence that this guy that had 12 yards from scrimmage, we're sure that he can replace a former pro bowl running back. Right. Sure. Yeah. We don't need any other running back. We don't need to look at anybody, you know, uh, you know, yes, we're going with this guy to the prom. We don't need to look at anybody else. Do you like Delvin Cook, Sam? Have you have you done um, any research on Delvin? I think he's um I think he's decent. I think um I think he's someone we could sign. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Um, but he's a he's a good player. I think he is starting to get a little older. Obviously, the running back market is um it, it it's just falling apart right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he could be someone who. I think a lot of people would be annoyed if the Browns signed. Um, I think I'm not, I don't really have an opinion. I think he'd be a fine player to sign. Um, mm-hmm. And to keep just basically, I think the best reason to sign him would be to not overwork Chubb because he had that little, um, obviously last season, Kareem Hunt was not good at all, but mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt was having like 10 yard games on average. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think, uh, Cook would be someone who would be just someone to take the load off of uh, Chubb, so we don't just mm-hmm. run him into the ground and destroy him. And but Elliot, you you think though? I mean, I'm I'm thinking as well that the Browns are going to utilize Chubb, or at least that's what's being indicated more in the passing game, like they were doing with yeah. Hunt. Yeah, I, I've been seeing that for um, a, a few years. I'm sort of right that he did use Chubb more in the passing game. But here's what you need to know about Dalvin Cook. I'm reading this from the yes. Sp- uh, spotrack.com website. Dalvin Cook signed a five-year, $63 million contract with the Minnesota Vikings, including a $15.5 million signing bonus. So th- that's the kind of money that we're talking about for Dalvin right. Cook. He's only 27 years old. He's not that's, an old man. Not, not no, yeah. But yeah, he's a multi-year contract. He is a premier talent. What but, year is he? Is he, is that, he's, He's 27 well, years old. Well, no, I, what I'm saying is that, okay, so he is a free he, agent. He's the same age as Miles Garrett. Uh, but the contract they, they, that he, they he cut had. him, they cut okay. him because That's what they did. Yeah. of the salary cap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there is no salary cap. They made a mistake and cut him by, it was a complete accident. I want they you to have that conversation that no with Randy. How, I'm going to start that tomorrow. How could that be? How could they have cut him when there's no salary cap? I don't understand. It's a mistake. 
they, they just made a mistake. They cut him by mistake. Um, uh, but it made perfect sense to cut him because they did need to, you know, they're pink. Well, I just think, you know, when I, the, the one thing I noticed about Delvin Cooks and his stats and everything is, and I know he's expensive, but boy, that's he's worth that, it. But he would be worth it. I mean, he's the kind of guy that could yeah. do a lot coming out of the backfield, kind of like Cream did. And like you said, he's 27. I think it would be a fantastic move. And the Browns still have some some wiggle room with that mm-hmm. um, with that cap cap space. Okay, let, let's jump to um, Amari Cooper. Sam, what top 10 uh, in the outside the top 10? Amari Cooper, wide receiver. Um, I think he's top seven, probably. Oh, okay. Um, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Tyree Kill, um, you I don't know, AJ Brown, you might be able to slide him in there, CD Lamb. Um, okay, nice. But Amari Cooper, I think Amari Cooper, you could put him in there. Wow, top seven. I like that. Ellie, what do you think? Top ten? Yeah, yeah, I think he's uh somewhere around there. Uh you, you know, you you have to look at that. Oh, well, you can't believe his stats because um he had Jacoby Brissett as the quarterback. Right. Yeah. Right. Wait, what? So, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, so I think you probably do believe his stats, right? He, he, yes. uh, he did not have a premier passing game situation uh, last season. And oh, who was his uh, number two uh, helper in the uh, wide receiver room? Donovan Peoples Jones. Donovan Peoples Jones. Oh, oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> so. Yeah, no, I, I think he's he's a tremendous wide receiver. I think he finished with what almost twelve hundred yards receiving, right? Last year, eleven hundred. Yeah, he, he was yeah. he was way up there. So and he, he had he the most touchdowns of, of of his career. He yeah, had like ten. Remember, Sam, we talked about that on your yeah, show a yeah. couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he was <laughs> the guy that that made uh, the defensive backs uh, pee in their pants right all right. season long. Right. And uh, um, okay, last one here, Miles Garrett. Number Where do you one. rank him? Number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number one. Number one. Okay. Number one. He's the only a, other it, guy it, you could say would be. Um, uh, I can't think of his name right now, but there's like one guy whom um, Michael Parsons or um, Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. Those okay. are the only people yeah. who have a chance of contending well, um, for best defensive. The thing is, we've never seen Miles Garrett go one on one with an offensive lineman, have we? No, and I think that was ta- – it was interesting because I know some of the folks over at ESPN were talking about Miles the other day because they, they talked about his leadership or his lack thereof or he's a quiet guy. But they also were talking just about the idea that, you know, it was Zadarius Smith and some of these other guys coming in, Delvin Tomlinson, that, you know, that what you just said, Garrett's going to probably get some more opportunities to go one-on-one, and it could be a fabulous season for the young man. I mean, he's already. No, he, he is not. <laughs> he is still not going one on one. He's going to go yeah. one on two. All Forever. Year long. Still beat him. He, he, yeah, he's still going to beat him, but he's going to get uh, <laughs> some tremendous opportunities uh, for Zadarius Smith. So Zadarius yeah. Smith is going to have to take Miles Garrett um, out to dinner. I hope that Zadarius Smith will do the driving. Hey, let me ask you this quick question to both of you. And mm-hmm. Elliot, I'll start with you. Um, our colleague over at Dog Pound Daily, I don't talk about Greg much, but Greg Newland wrote an article about mm. um, three um, narratives that are not necessarily true. And one of them 
He talked about Jim Schwartz, our new defensive coordinator, and everybody in town is saying, well, we got Jim Schwartz now, defensive coordinator. We're going to have a great defense. And Greg basically said, hold, you know, hold the phone. Don't, you know, it's maybe not. How confident are you with Jim Schwartz? Um, you know, I'm probably not the best person to ask because uh, I am not a former player. Uh, I really am not a. We need the left uh, guard. Yeah, we need the left guard to speak more intelligently to that. Um, but uh, I'll tell you what, though, I would say I would put it this way: is there's so much talent on the field, and especially on the defensive line, that it's very hard to screw it up. <laughs> uh, you know, the thing is, is that we are taking players that last year were uh, ranked uh, below second string. Yeah. And we're replacing them with people that are uh, close to pro ball caliber. Uh-huh. And so the differential in talent is extremely high. And, you know, if you, if what you want to do is to try to calculate how much you think that they push the point spread, um, yeah, you know when you when you take out a guy that's like below second string and you put in a guy that's a premier player. Yes, this this stuff adds up. You know, I've done my own calculations and so on. Yes, and I think that the Browns personnel is actually the best in the division. Um, I I actually like the Pittsburgh Steelers a little bit better because they've played as a team longer. Uh, right. They also have very comparable personnel, by the way. Um, by the so- way, spe- we're speaking of, and I'll jump to Jim, uh, back to you, uh, Sam, in just a minute. But, uh, Elliot, I'm coming out on uh, tomorrow, maybe, or the next day, the Dog Pound Daily, there's an, just throwing out a few extra names on the defensive tackle position that are still free mm-hmm. agents, potentially, if the Browns want to pick somebody up. And one of those guys is um, Chris Wormley from the Steelers. Formerly, um, you're shaking your head. No. No, 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 what? No, he's, he's not really available because he had an ACL injury late in the year. Right. No, I know that. And that's what that was my question is because that's been circulating that he will be available, but like he won't be available at the beginning of the, the season. And that what teams would be looking at that? The Pittsburgh, there's some articles about him going back to Pittsburgh. Um, and I didn't know if you thought at all there'd be no chance the Browns. He, you know, that he was traded. Not that the, you might already know this. He was a, a second round pick by the Baltimore Ravens um, several seasons ago, back in mm-hmm. 2017, 2018, he, 2017. He was traded from Baltimore to the Steelers in in in, in uh, divisional trade, which I thought mm-hmm. was uh, interesting. That's a, little, that's a little bold, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. If I were his agent, I would not do that because you really want to have a full year of recovery, typically for an ACL injury. So if right. he did come back, he would be coming back in like December. And well, they were projecting they they were projecting nine months. A lot of the material I've been reading that they thought that he could be back by October. So that's um, really kind of pushing it. I think I, I don't. Well, I don't, the other the other I'm name not out an there is expert, but few players have. Some and players maybe, have been able to do that, but Sam, I don't and maybe you need the money that bad. I think he'd be better off sitting out the entire season, healing up. What about right Shelby? Up. What about Shelby Harris? Kid get when Denver Broncos then played last year with Seattle. He was in that trade with 
Um, yeah, I don't Russell know. Wilson. I don't know Shelby well enough to comment intelligently about it. Okay, but I'll tell you well, the thing that I think is very intriguing is the possibility that um, Aaron Donald might be on the trading block. Yes, um, and then again, the, again. <laughs> that's a. I don't want too much for him. That's a uh, salary cap move. Oh, that, that's right. There is no such thing as a salary cap, <laughs> so that couldn't happen. Sam, let me but, get your. Yeah, I'm sorry. Back to you, Elliot. I'm Aaron sorry. Donald does not want to play for a team that's guaranteed to lose a whole bunch of games this season. And didn't Aaron so, Donald throw a helmet and didn't get any like any uh, uh, discipline for that during a scrimmage? Choke someone out too. Uh, so he's done some stuff like that. <laughs> well, okay. You know, he, he. Well, I was going to make a bad joke. I'm not. I bite my tongue about. Well, we're going to have our joke segment coming up here on the Steelers stuff. So hang All on right. to that, Elliot. Uh, Sam, real quick, just your take on Jim Schwartz. Is he being over publicized? And uh, yeah, defensive tackle. Um, one thing, a uh, little off topic, I'd like to add. Um, uh, PFF, I, I know I said they aren't the best, but they had Amari Cooper as the 22nd best wide receiver. Um, their top seven was. Uh, it was Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, Fawn Diggs, Cooper Cup, and AJ Brown. Um, oh, so that was um those Cooper, were these the Cooper top was twenty two. Yeah, I know. Oh. They had him they had him below people like um Garrett Wilson, um Devonta oh, wow. Smith, Brandon Ayuk, Chris Godwin was above him. Mm. Oh um, yeah, well, so I feel like was Tampa Bay um had big yards. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about Schwartz there, Sam? I think Schwartz is probably going to make the team better. Um, mm-hmm. I think the defense will get better with him, but I think there's a lot of things um, that are, he's, he's already getting inserted into a good defense. I mean, like we said, Zadarius mm-hmm. Smith, um, Miles Garrett, Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, mm-hmm. There are a couple, we have a couple good uh, Denzel Ward. Mm-hmm. He's already getting inserted into a pretty good defense. So I feel like all he has to do um, is make them learn the uh, the game plan and um, bond with them, really. I feel like it's the right. two things that he needs to do. I don't think he's over-publicized. He okay. probably, um, it's a new defensive coordinator. The media mm-hmm. is going to automatically already right. um, try and get uh, draw as much out of, out of it as they can. Mm-hmm. But So he, you could say he's over-publicized, but I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be an important piece because Jim, our last defensive coordinator was not the best. Sam, I was going to, I'm switching gears to you. You're going to be the, you're going to be the host real quick. Um, we were talking off air. Um, I, I have some news about the Browns that some Browns have per, partaked in. Per, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard that they're having like some weddings. Yes, Sam. Several of the Cleveland Browns, it's a love boat. It's a love boat. Just romance everywhere. I'm a little worried, you know, just three. There were three Browns players in the last few weeks, three of them who have tied the knot. And I have a few. I I went ahead and did some research. I know Elliot was a little bit blown away by that. But I had a little downtime and I was doing entertainment tonight and what are all those other, you know, uh, shows, trying to get all the latest gossip. Let me tell you. Sam, and I don't know how much you do research on the internet, but man, you everything. can find you can find a little bit of everything. So, oh, yeah. so the three guys that got married on the Browns were Harrison Bryant, the tight end, mm. our mm. new safety Juan Thornhill, mm. and uh, our 
our defensive tackle, um, Tommy Togo. Togiai. Tommy Togiai. Yes. Ohio so, State boy. So yeah. Harrison Bryant, I looked up Harrison Bryant's um, wedding stuff, and there were news articles. And uh, the best one was that Harrison um, and his new wife, his new wife is Sydney. They had their, um, you know how some of these young youngsters now, they, they put out all of their um, invites online. Like they have these wedding uh, websites where that you can sign up and invite the guests and RSVP and put out your, your, your list of things that you want other guests to buy. And so yeah. Harrison and his wife, Sydney, who's I'm sure Sydney was the one who put this together. Theirs is like for everybody to see. So if you type in Harrison Bryant marriage, it just pops up. And you can read about their romantic uh, story and when they first met. And they both went to school. I'll just give you a little little synopsis here. They went to Florida Atlantic International uh, University. Mm-hmm. They, they both met there. Uh, Sydney was an athlete as well. I don't know if it was um, which sport, volleyball or something like that. So they met in college. They've been dating uh, all that time. And uh, they got married on June 24th down there, Sam, in McKinney, Texas. Do you know where McKinney, Texas is, Elliot? No, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's like 30 minutes from us. Oh, well, you you should have gone to the wedding. It was June 24th. Well, you missed out because here's here's some of the finer details, Sam. This is great. I'm a little far off. They have... have, that they had a, uh, a registry, you know, where they can go shop. Like if you or I, like we could go on there right now, Sam, we could go on the website, you and I and Elliot, and we could, we could, we could buy them a gift. Mm-hmm. We could send it from the fanatical elves network. Anyway, Ooh, they, have signed, they have signed up for the Amazon. I thought this would be good for you on the football philosophy and rocket science for you and the left guard to discuss this because this, this website is just beautiful. And I was, I'm, I'm going to forward it to you. So, so, um, so they have, um, you can go. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, uh, well, yeah, I think John got too excited and pushed the wrong button, obviously. So we're going to have to do this. Oh, uh, he's back. He's coming back. He'll be back. But we, we I'm, have to. I'm back. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I, I hit the wrong button. Um, got too excited. I know. So Amazon, they have, uh, you can. Uh, can y'all hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good, so Amazon Crate and Barrel. They also have a honeymoon fund. Elliot, I think we should submit some money to that part of their registry, and we'll we'll sign off the Fanatical Elves Network to their honeymoon fund. So we don't know where they're going yet for their honeymoon. But here's the best part: they had a they rented a 56 passenger, um, yacht, uh, b- bus. For no. their for their um, family and friends from the hotels, isn't that nice? They had a oh. fifty six yard fifty six passenger bus um, for the, all their participants in the wedding, and uh, so I just thought that was very very detailed. Okay, so that's the first group that got married. All right, so and you know I don't know about you, Elliot or Sam, but you know when I, you think about Harrison Bryant, you know clean cut, uh, tall guy, you know you know he it seems kind of what you might expect it personally. What do yeah. you, what do you, yeah. Okay. L- let me go on to the next guy, Tommy. Okay. Tommy Tagawa, right? Togi-ai. Togi-ai. Tommy and his fiance, who it goes by the name of, let me find it here. Um, 
Oh, I had it. Oh, where'd it go? Oh, Allie. Her name is Allie. A-L-L-E. Okay. They eloped. There you go. They okay. eloped. They did not have a formal wedding yet, but they eloped in Hawaii. And they oh. spread the news via um, Instagram. And our good friend who was out late partying with uh, Greg Newsom, Perry and Winfrey, was oh. uh, c- commenting as well uh, on the wedding party and saying, that's dope. Uh, when they he found out that Tommy got married uh, and they eloped. So some wonderful pictures of them uh, in front of a uh, Hawaiian waterfall. Now, I saved the best for last. This is our new Cleveland Brown player, Juan Thornhill, who came from the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, let me tell you, Juan Thornhill, I don't know about you, Elliot, but I'm, you get the sense that Juan Thornhill is going to be, he's a, he's a talker. And he, he likes the camera on him. And he certainly did a big pro, uh, production for his engagement. He got engaged back in October and down in Savannah, Georgia. He married a young lady named Reagan Steele. And he put on quite the show. He had She owns a boutique store called Sparkle and Rays. This Reagan girl does. They, okay. You can look on it uh, online if, if if you know any young ladies or would l- do some shopping. It's a wonderful little b- boutique shop. Um, so they, they she did this whole shindig, and then he had a big sign made up at the edge of the river down in Savannah saying, "Will you marry me?" And they have all these <laughs> pro- have all these uh, wonderful professional photographs taken. So that was the engagement. That was back in October, and then in the last week, and I think on July first. They got married, and you might ask, where did they get married? Where did they get married? Well, they 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 did it, they did it up big. They went out to the PGA National Resort out there in California. Mm. And let me tell you, seeing some of the things they put some photos on Instagram as well and on Twitter. Mm, they did it up very well. Very fancy place, the PGA National Resort. I'm guessing, I don't know if that's in, oh, it's Pebble. Was it Pebble Beach or Palm Springs uh, out there is okay. where the PGA National Resort is. So they really did it up big. Um, and here's the last little tidbit on them, which I thought uh, I started doing some scrolling. And Reagan, who was who now is married to Juan, they've been dating for seven years. And she was on a recent podcast. Uh, I didn't catch the whole name. Oh, it's called oh, was the. It, was it our podcast? No, it wasn't. But let me tell you, I just wanted for the record. If you're anybody out there well, listening to our podcast, we got to invite well, her. I'm thinking that, but here's the reason I think we would do a much better job. Granted, the young lady that did the podcast, she was okay. But let me say, folks, we are really a good podcast. And if you come listen to us, you're going to hear some real professional, some real uh, contributors that really know their stuff. And anyway, so I digress. Um, so they did this podcast. I listened to it for about 10 minutes. And let me tell you, it wasn't like listening to the Fanatical Elves show. And uh, after talking about her past and her growing up when she was a kid and what kind of food she liked. I was like, okay, that's enough. I don't think I need any more. So, um, but it is nice. Uh, Juan Thornhill now is married to this Reagan. She seems like a very nice young lady. So congratulations to the Cleveland Browns players. Um, Hopefully it will bring, that's a good sign of things to come. Uh, Maybe that means Super Bowl. I don't know. (laughs) Hmm. 
Anyway, what do you think about that, Sam? You're a little bit young right now to get married, but are you are <laughs> a you, little uh, bit? Yeah. So of the three, let me ask you this, Sam. So of those three different things that we heard of, like the one where they were sort of Harris and Brian and more kind of organized and had a whole registry. Then you had the elope uh, group and then Juan Thornhill who did the big shindig, which, which do you think you'd, you, you'd like any, which any, one, early, any early which one was the CGA? Um, oh, that's, that's the one that did it up big. Yeah. Juan Thornhill. Yeah. I yeah, want to go I there. Like, <laughs> I like that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big golf guy. I like, um, I I'm trying to get into the, basically every sport. Um, I watch, I didn't, I don't have the, um, time really for every sport so i really focus on um the nfl and the mlb yeah um, but i'm gonna try and dig into the nhl a little and um college football a little but i think um i, I think it would be awesome to go to pebble beach or yeah Palm springs oh excellent i'm, I'm switching to, yeah elliot so say i went to the pro uh or the, uh, the pro golfing association hall of fame uh, this past uh, January, oh, just because I was at a conference that they just decided to have it there, and it was really. Where awesome. was that? Tell me where that was. It was. Um, it was. Um, man, it was uh, on somewhere around uh, Cocoa Beach, but it was not Cocoa Beach. But okay, so out in California. No, 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 Florida, oh, Florida, Florida. Yeah. See, I I get that. <laughs> All right, let me switch gears with you guys. Let's talk a little history. Um, our, our history lesson this week, mm. we had three guys um, that were are now former Cleveland Browns and uh, that were that actually you spoke of one of them earlier, Elliot, that are now semifinalists again for the Hall of Fame. Uh, one of them is Clay Matthews, who has been in this position before. And the other two are Art Modell, former owner are you kidding me and marty schottenheimer just the greatest browns coach outside of san yeah oh my gosh (laughs) sam did did you know that that they were all three they were not they were semi-finalists i didn't hear matthews um i think clay matthews he's the only guy i actually know but um you should know that that's good i'm glad you know clay matthews Clay Matthews will probably make it at some point. He, he's got to, right? Right, he Elliot. Was the, he was the strangest thing. Nobody's, because I was um, nobody's done it like Clay Matthews for as good as he was and as no. long as he played. Yeah, I know. There's nobody Sam. like Clay Matthews. He was so I was a bit younger. I was maybe I was much younger. I was maybe I I didn't have a fully developed memory, so I wasn't remembering these these things. But yeah. I remember him being good, good, and then. I have no memory of him leaving. He just, in, in one memory, he's a great player, and the next memory, he's gone. Well, the last that's, year, that's, that, his, that's his son. You're remembering his son. You're thinking of his son, yeah, because yeah, Clay Matthews, yeah. So oh, we're yeah, talking different Clay Matthews, yeah. No, my it's bad, my it, bad, my no, bad. it's good. No, it's funny because that's, I mean, his children played the game, and they were excellent ball players yeah. and his and, dad played everybody named matthews played pro football but i i did research that clay matthews a little i think he probably should also go to yeah he was he played a position like what linebacker right kind of a linebacker. hybrid yeah 
And the fact that he didn't get to, I mean, they got to some playoff wins and he made that, you know, he had so many great moments for the Browns. Yeah. Um, Is the the Hall of Fame for individuals or is it for teams? If it's for teams, then you can blame the team for not making the Super Bowl. I don't know that it's fair to blame one player for not making the Super Bowl. I don't think that makes any sense. Let me ask you that. Okay. So let me, um, throw this at little continuing with our little history lesson here. Um, I was my, my wonderful mother-in-law, uh, Barb, she sent me, uh, she was at the hall of fame in Canton this week and mm-hmm. she sent a letter, uh, made a copy of a letter, showed me a letter that from Lamar hunt who used to be in charge or Lamar hunt senior, who was in charge of the old AFL, um, league that the Browns were in, Prior to nineteen, uh, no, 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 no. The Browns were in the NFL. They were in the NFL. Okay. Yes. Yes. So they were. Um, the letter came from Lamar, basically saying that, suggesting to the NFL, can we have a Super Bowl starting in the nineteen sixty four season? And he specifically in this letter mentions uses an entire paragraph to talk about the dominance of the former Cleveland Browns teams um, that how they dominated so much in the old AFL. And then when they came into the NFL, how they were still, you know, doing so well. That's the AAFC, the all America football conference, 1946, 47, 48, 49. That, that was a different league. Yes. Well, the, the, the letter. That's not the same as the AFL. Okay. Three leagues are being just talked about. Yeah. Okay. So there were, so Elliot, which one am I supposed? Let me let me go back and look at the letter because I know I wanted to kind of read the oh, one paragraph. Because yeah. Actually- yeah. Lamar Lamar Hunt is representing the American Football League, which began in 1960, and he's talking about the Cleveland Browns, who dominated the All America Football Conference. So he used them as an example. 1946. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until 1949. Yes, yes. That's what he's he's drawing. So he's out. referring to the Brad, but in this list, yes. So he's Never referring any to championship. And the the fact is that now you know all this time has passed, and we and the Browns who were talked about in a letter talking about the Super Bowl have never been to a Super Bowl, and so um, uh, I don't know. But there was no suit women. What what day what year was the letter written? Is 1963. Yeah, so there was no Super Bowl. Correct. The, the letter was correct. written. No, correct. And that's what I'm saying is that that because of even like the suggestion in the letter about the Browns' dominance and just the idea that they are, have not been to a Super Bowl, um, it's just funny. It's it's you know the odds. You know, who would have thunk? I'm sure folks in 1963 if we were to talk to them today in 2023 would be like the browns have not gone to a super bowl yet <laughs> so yeah just really uh, st- staggering to me elliot no you don't find that staggering mm-hmm. <laughs> no he doesn't i, no. I could no okay <laughs> why because art model i can explain everything art model art model art model Heart model. <laughs> That's enough. I mean, all us older Browns fans know it. I mean, I, yeah. Go, go ahead, Elliot. We got you. Got one minute. 
too. Well, they, I mean, Art Modell traded Paul Warfield. Yep. One All Pro traded Ron Johnson, the second All Pro traded yep. Clifton McNeil, another All Pro, got absolutely nothing in return. Um, he was his own general manager, called his own shots. He ran Jim Brown out of town in 1966. Yep. 66, Jim Brown didn't want to retire. Um, yeah, no, I got you. And that's why, you know, we're talking about Art Modell too being a semifinalist. And, you know, for a lot of his older fan base, it's just like why we loathe him. I've had this conversation with younger fans and Sam, maybe you don't know a, a lot about Art Modell, but there's been some other younger Browns fans, not you per se, who want to try to give Art Modell credit. Now, obviously we're a Browns uh, podcast, but, um, and he did some things in Baltimore. Obviously they won a Super Bowl and, but it's it what he did while he was here in Cleveland and, and how he then took the team from Cleveland uh, in 1995 he was a key force to create Monday Night Football, and for that yes. reason, the NFL likes him. Yes. But for what he did as a general manager, uh, he was appalling. I yeah. Mean, come on. That's the that's the and I but Sam, you probably what's your you don't what 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 do you know about Sam or about Art Modell? <laughs> Sam. Sam, what do you know? About I quickly Sam? did a, a little am. search on him. <laughs> um, I don't Sam know. I, I didn't know much about Art before. Um, Right now, I did a quick little search. Um, I don't know. I you think probably can probably, Google my, my latest uh, article on, on Art Modell, too. I did yeah. a, I did one on him and Paul Brown recently. So. He probably didn't seem like the best general manager, but he seemed like a guy who did good stuff for just the NFL as a whole. Um, See, and that's the thing, Elliot. See, that's the thing. It's like as if you get outside of Cleveland and Sam basically just sort of – and like what you also said just about Monday Night Football, the rest of the league – you know, he's going to go into the NFL Hall of Fame before Clay Matthews. And no, this- he's not. He is absolutely not. We're going to burn down the Hall to. of Fame before well, he gets to go in. By the That's way, I heard it's really happen. Okay. It is right. not going to happen. Okay. It's just not going to happen. I didn't say it would. I was just kind of like guessing. It's not going to happen. Okay. It's, All right. it's, you, you have it's to a- imagine the Hall of Fame is in Ohio. It cannot happen. Yes. It's, oh, I agree with you there. Impossible and it's too close it to, to, I mean, the Hall of Fame is next to Maslin. That, that, that's the birthplace of, you know, Paul Brown. And it's impossible. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, you know, the, the NFL would have to be insane to try to <laughs> induct Art Modell into the Hall of Fame within driving distance of Cleveland. That, that it's, it would you'd have to wait 300 years in order to uh, even attempt well, let's, it. Let's 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 switch topics. Let's do a little joke segment here before we, we go tonight. Did. We just okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have that joke with you, uh, Elliot? And then I, do I have a joke. Fi- I, I, I thought wanna... that was a pretty good joke. I do have a joke. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I've exhausted you tonight. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, this joke is not original. I apologize to whoever made this joke up, but I took this from the internet. An old man stumbles into a bar after already having had a few. Once inside, he slides up to the bar and orders a shot of whiskey. To the class of 75, he yells, holding the glass aloft. And next to him, an old drunk raises his glass. To the class of 75. Hey, where are you from? Asked the first man of the second. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You don't say I'm from Pittsburgh. So, you a Stillers fan? 
Of course I'm a Steelers fan. What about you? Yeah, big Steelers fan. All right. Well, what high school did you go to? Asked the second man as he orders another round. Baldwin High School on Clareton Boulevard. You're kidding. I went to Baldwin High. So the two guys toast the coincidence and sling an arm over each other's shoulders as they begin to reminisce about the old days. Hey, Jeet Jet, how about a jumbo sandwich? Yeah, that's nice. My favorite, too. Bar regular walks in and calls out to the bartender. Hey, what's going on? So, oh, nothing, the bartender says. The Johnson twins are drunk again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh we love good. your Steeler jokes. We love your Steeler jokes. <laughs> oh, thank you, Elliot, for that. Final take tonight before we let everybody go. We've gone over an hour tonight, so this is quite Oof. the event sam you've you've brought us all together to uh entertain the world sam what are your final takes and again give a shout out we want to uh promote your show the Ooh. browns breakdown tell us uh, before you leave tell us where we can find you but final thoughts on the browns going into the training camp um well i did a little podcast yesterday on the top five people to keep an eye on and i did um number one sean watson number two was um elijah moore number three was dalvin tomlinson number four mm. was cedric tillman number five was Zedarius smith oh i like um, the Cid, you threw in Cid, Cid, cedric tillman i like that yeah and i think cedric tillman and dalvin tomlinson could be interchanged but i think obviously watson is going to be the most paid attention to because he's playing the most important position in the entire nfl mm-hmm. um i think elijah moore is going to be pay- getting paid attention to because he's playing a number a top three position in the NFL. He mm-hmm. also got traded for. He has been kind of lackluster last season, but really to no fault of his own because he was playing mm-hmm. with Mike White and uh, Zach Wilson, who definitely aren't the best. And Dalvin Tomlinson obviously is supposed to be the remedy for mm-hmm. this um, defensive tackle room, which mm-hmm. was one of the biggest weaknesses last mm-hmm. year. Um, Cedric Tillman, he's a big, strong guy who can really like shove defenders mm-hmm. around and i think he's going to be a a good piece for the um for mm-hmm. the browns in the next mm, five years and then obviously zadarius smith filling that defensive end two role because that role is defensive end in its own is important mm-hmm. and i don't even know who the de3 is and so it's important that we have a good defensive end and zadarius smith was he was good last year he had those mm-hmm. like wasn't it like seven sacks in seven games in the first mm-hmm. seven games or something. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, yes. obviously the whole defensive line of the uh, Vikings kind of fell off a little throughout the end yes. of the season. Uh-huh. But I think he'll be good still. So okay. I think those are definitely the top five people I would pay attention to in training camp. And where can we hear you again, Sam? When's your next podcast coming out? Um, my next podcast probably is in two weeks from last Wednesday. So the 26th. Uh, it's just hard to find things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but with training camp, I probably will be able to find stuff. But, but yeah, Browns breakdowns. It's on everything except for Apple because I don't own Apple. Are you on? And are you on uh, Twitter too? Um, you have a Twitter no. account? No. Okay. No. Okay. We um uh we really love having you, Sam, on our show, and I know 
we're going to continue to have you get more involved with our Fanatical Elves Network, and we're so yeah. excited about that. So um, thank you again, Sam, for being here. Uh, Elliot, final thoughts? Uh, our number three defensive end is Agbonia Okoronkwa. Oh, yeah, him. My bad. Good. Yeah, I forgot about he's him. really good. He's really he's, good, yeah. He's good enough to start on most teams. And, yeah, I forgot uh, about him. He will be used quite a bit. And I like the idea of having a rotation of defensive ends. Mm -hmm. That's going to make everybody better. Yeah. Thank you, Elliot. Um, folks, thank you again for following us on the Fanatical Elves show tonight. And we're part of the Fanatical Elves Network, part of Fans First Sports Network. Uh, we all contribute. Uh, I know Sam contributes to Cleveland Sports Talk. I do as well sometimes. Uh, Elliot and I also contribute to Dog Pound Daily. And come uh, read our writings uh, online. We'd love for you to uh, read and comment and criticize us. Um, mm -hmm. So anyway, <laughs> thank you very much, everybody, for for a great show. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to have another give. We did not have a giveaway this week on our show, but we are going to be doing another giveaway next week. So stay tuned to that. If you have anybody that's a friend or a family member, tell them about our podcast. Tell them to join us on Apple and Spotify. Follow us, subscribe, subscribe to us, and you'll never miss a show, and we would really appreciate it. So our numbers are going up, and we're excited because we have you to follow along and spread the word. More things to talk about as we get closer to the Browns training camp in a week. Take care, everybody. This is the Fanatical Elves Network. Goodbye. Go Browns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe, or maybe not. I gotta, I gotta find hey, the music. music. Where's, where's our music? music? I'm still, we're still live. We don't have the music. Oh my uh, gosh! Here we go. Here we go. Here's the music. All right. Absolutely.